What is up, my sweet sugar bush? Welcome to another season of Snacks Packs. Uh, we would have started this way sooner, but we were playing VR shooting Yeah, games. yeah. <laughs> I got a new VR it's headset. It's super tight. <laughs> dude, it's so sick. It's really so tight. So sick. I um, thought it was going to be nothing, and then it was awesome. Oh, yeah, uh, dude. Fucking just beaming uh, targets with VR guns. It was badass. So we're starting our first episode of True Crime Cinema Club. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Uh, True Crime Cinema Club. I can't get away from true crime. Basically, what we're going to be doing is talking about films that are based off actual crimes. Um, yeah. So some and of they're them, not all gruesome. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in all murders. Yeah. And you would think, you know, films based off actual crimes, those are going to be heavy, dark films. They're not. Some of them are comedies. Most yeah. are actually. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Uh, the we're doing for this one, we're going to do thirty minutes or less. So the way we're going to structure this is, I'm going to tell you the movie plot, and then Goose is going to tell you the actual crime. In the next episode, Goose will tell you the movie plot. And I will tell you the actual crime, um, just so you get a feel for how things are going around here. So I'm going to tell, we're going to start off by telling you the movie plot to 30 Minutes or Less. 30 Minutes or Less was not um, a critically acclaimed movie. Um, it wasn't the greatest. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny, but I liked all yeah. the actors in it. That's like, why. I, you know, I said before, I, when I told you about it, I was like, you're not going to like this movie. You don't think Danny McBride's hilarious. Yeah, it's honestly, yeah. And that's and, really, like, you see the ratings and you're like, this is when people didn't realize Danny McBride was hilarious. Yeah, and Danny McBride was is so funny in this he movie. Is. And Nick Swartzen is funny too, but Nick Swartzen is only funny because he's not he's being not Nick, Nick Swartzen. Yeah, yet. I don't think Nick Swartzen's funny normally, but in this movie he's finally like a normal fucking person. Yeah, I used to think Nick Swartzen was funny when I was like 14 and he was selling like, he was telling like fart jokes and shit on Jesus. stage and that's it. And I was like, oh, this is hilarious. And I got older and I was like, Back all right, Back when bud. you thought, uh, was Excuse it Jeff me. Dunham was hilarious? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, the dead dude. Terror. God. Yeah, fucking Jesus. I the, the YouTube channel, or the YouTube auto-played the next thing and it was always like that same <laughs> yeah. level of garbage. Mm -hmm. And then a Dane Cook video. So, um, yeah, Dane Cook's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute worst. So, in this film, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, I'm using the actors' names because uh, I don't remember uh, their their movie names. Matter. Who cares? Uh, I need you need to hear their names for the yeah. stacked cast that it is. It really is. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it's like an A plus cast in my opinion. Um, we we talked about this. Uh, I think in season two, you mentioned this movie, and I'm like. Oh, what's that about? Or like, who's in it? And you're telling me who's in it. I was like, it's a comedy <laughs> because of who you listed. I was yeah. like, that can't be a serious yeah. movie, and it's not. So Jesse Eisenberg is a pizza delivery guy for, guy for Vito's Pizza. It's a really shitty pizza place with the policy that if the pizza is more than thirty minutes late, it's free. Uh, so dumb. Yeah. So it's like exaggerated with him with a bunch of like super cool driving scenes, and he's going to deliver these kids pizza, and he gets and he gets there and he's late, and the kids are like, "What's up, dude? You're, you're thirty minutes late. It's free." And he's like, oh, you guys play in the system. He's like, that's why we ordered from your shitty pizza place because it's so far away. And he's like, yeah, I bet you guys got a lot of beer in your fridge. And they're like, we don't have any beer. He's like, well, if you give me the money for the pizza, I'll go get you the beer. And Jesse's like, Eisenberg's like, oh, you like you guys like O'Doul's, right? And the kid's like, yeah, we fucking love that shit. And if you don't know, O'Doul's is a non-alcoholic beer. Um, so, uh, so Aziz Ansari is his best friend in the film. And pretty early they have a falling out, um, basically. He... So... 
Nick, I mean, Jesse Eisenberg tells Aziz that he slept with Aziz's sister. And Aziz is like, my twin sister? That's like sleeping with me. <laughs> and then Aziz tells Jesse that he told everybody in their town that his mom slept with the lifeguard, which killed Jesse's parents' marriage. Uh, and Jesse's like, what the, f- are you serious? Like, I had to That's move a away. Yeah, yeah. That's legit. Uh, <laughs> That's not even at all. And, <laughs> <laughs> no. and Aziz is like, I was 14. I thought it was cool your mom slept with a lifeguard. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, but they have a falling out. Uh, meanwhile, um, Danny McBride plays like this middle-aged dude whose dad, who's called, I'm the only person I'd be calling them by their character name is the dad because he's the major and he's not like he's that not, famous an actor. he's he's in a couple movies and i recognize him from a couple movies who what is was it one? his name is uh fred ward um if fred you ward. saw yeah fred ward <laughs> if you saw he was in tremors oh yeah, yeah you're yeah, right you're right escape from alcatraz if you saw him you would recognize him but you know he's also in tremors too yeah sorry <laughs> if there's any serious fred ward fans out here i'm sorry i lo- i think fred ward's a great sorry actor, to all but, three of you <laughs> but i like calling him the major but uh so his dad has won 10 million dollars in the lottery lottery like 10 years prior and he uh, danny mcbride hates his dad because of this because he believes his dad is wasting money and spending it on frivolous things uh danny mcbride also has a friend played by nick swartzen who is kind of like a uh maniac engineer who creates things like gadget like crossbows and flamethrowers and like explosives and stuff like that um like shit a teenager would be into but like as an adult yeah um so danny mcbride's dad the major um is like a hard-ass military type like marine corps uh he's got like a usmc shirt on at all times he's like really hard on danny because he thinks that he is not going to amount to anything that he's this middle-aged guy who has not done anything with his life danny mcbride is that dude a lot oh yeah yeah he, yeah I, I don't know what it is about he's him. bound and down yeah, i'm gonna say he's bound and down fucking um uh, the pineapple express that's he's pineapple just a weed express dealer, yeah that one movie that the gems righteous gemstones mm. he's also like a degen piece of shit in that movie well yeah but in the in the righteous gemstones he's actually like he is a really big DJ piece of shit in that movie he but he show, actually yeah. has something going for him in that movie but Does, what he's he's like one of the heads of the church wasn't oh yeah but the whole thing was he didn't do anything wasn't it i'm pretty sure I feel like his dad did everything well his dad did everything but the kids were given we we got if you have to get on you need to talk you need to, i love the fucking Adam Devam, yeah. Devam as the youth pastor <laughs> <laughs> he looks exactly like it was so every youth good. pastor i've ever seen with the v-neck and shit um oh yeah we're getting on a, a yeah off track so danny um confides in this stripper i'm sorry this dancer named juicy that he hates his dad and that he'll get a fat ass inheritance when Oh, yeah, he'll get a fat ass inheritance when his dad dies. And Juicy is like, oh, word, you should do something about that. I'll let you, like, smash and stuff if you do something, if you get all that money. And Danny Wright's like, oh, hell yeah. Like, how do I go about that? And Juicy's like, well, I know a guy from Detroit who can take care of it if he gets $100,000. So Danny's like, well, shit, we got to get this done. So he's talking to Nick. He's like, Nick, we got to find a way to kill my dad. And Nick's like, I'm not killing the major and. Danny's like, what are you talking about? Nick's like, I'll watch you kill him, but I'm not going to kill him myself. And uh, because in this movie, you can tell that Nick kind of like respects Danny's the major. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, And so they devise devise a plan. What they're going to do to get their hitman money is they are going to um, find a random stranger. They're going to slap an S vest on him, which is essentially a suicide vest um, with a bomb. And they are going to, you know, either, like, just tell him you got to get us 100 grand one way or another, uh, kind of hint that he needs to rob a bank um, without actually telling him to rob a bank. 
So Danny, um, do they not? I thought they told they, they didn't do tell, directly, yeah. but yeah, like later, like we yeah. need we need a hundred grand. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, Robert. Oh Bank or yeah, something. Like, where yeah. are you gonna get it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he basically calls this um, uh, pizza place, Vito's Pizza, and orders a pizza out to a junkyard. Jesse Eisenberg shows up. They attack him, put a vest on him, and they're like, "Hey." Um, what's up, dude? Get our money. And then he's like, don't go to the cops and don't pull in this vest because they have a smaller vest rigged to a teddy bear. And Daniel's like, watch the teddy bear. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he like presses a button and the teddy bear blows up. And Danny's like, I fucking like that teddy bear. I don't even know you. <laughs> I, oh my <laughs> so God. The way Danny yeah. said, dude. That, and that's the shit that I was like, this is why it's good. I think when Danny McBride says that stuff, it's, it's the delivery so of it too. Funny. It's the delivery of just like his voice and like how he sounds. Oh, it's great. It's, it's great. So Nick. Aziz in the movie is a full-time substitute teacher. So Nick goes to patch things up with Aziz while he's at, at work school, at the school with a bomb. With his, and he like walks into the classroom and Aziz is like, what are you doing here? Nick's like, I need, we need, uh, Jesse's like, we need to talk right now. Um, I've like switched between using his name in the movie yeah. and his actual name. His name in the movie is Nick. So if you're going to say Nick, that's who I'm referencing. Not but, Nick uh, Swartzen. Yeah, not Nick <laughs> Swartzen. Yeah, I, get, I forgot there's another one. We got to actually call him by his name. But uh, so they got in the hallway and uh, Jesse's like, hey, I've got a bomb strapped to my chest. I need your help with this stuff. And Aziz and is like, also sorry about the whole yeah, sex sorry about sister the thing. Sister thing. <laughs> and Aziz is like, haha, so funny. And he like opens his shirt, his, his jacket, and shows the bomb. And Aziz is like, and your first thought was to go to a school filled with small children. <laughs> um, and so basically Aziz is like, all right, I'll help you on one condition. You don't ever fucking talk to my sister again. And Jesse's like, of course, I got you. He doesn't do that. Yeah, I mean, um, duh. So, uh, let's see. But also, what a dumb anything. I'm like, shut up. It's your your sister's a person. Yeah, for real, dude. Shut she up. can have her own You're being life. weird and gross. Yeah, you're being hella weird. Um, so, Jesse and Aziz go. They don't want to use Jesse's Mustang for the robbery because it's his everyday driver. So, they go steal a car from uh, a kid's dad they grew up with. Uh, they steal a Datsun. And they're stealing this car. And he's just because like, they knew that it would be like unlocked, yeah, right? and it, yeah. yeah, and it was fast, and they knew the keys were in the garage, but the keys were not in the garage, and like, and luckily the the dad is coming out to the garage, and they have like these fake toy guns that they were like oh, they spray they painted, painted in the car. Yeah. yeah, I love that they yeah, did that. Yeah. That was a good. <laughs> um, and the uh, they're like, oh, the keys aren't here, and it's like, well, we were like twelve when he left the keys in here. It's been, like twenty years, <laughs> uh, and finally he comes out, and they put guns in his face, like, give us the keys. Don't report this car stolen until like six o'clock, and Aziz is like six thirty. Just in case. And, like, and if you do it early, we'll kill your fucking son. He works at this bank, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's the, all one, of his yeah, he's yeah. the one with the bangs. And he's like, yeah, we'll kill him and his stupid bangs. And they get in the car and they take off. Um, and then so uh, they go rob this bank uh, and it goes well. Reasonably well. Yeah, it doesn't go yeah. bad. Um, they don't have to hurt anybody. Well, I mean, someone does get shot because of an accident. They tell yeah. the security, the the cop, to you know relinquish his gun. He does and slides it across the room, and it goes in, over to a lady, and she's like, "I don't want this gun." And then she like throws yeah, it. Right? Jesse's, yeah, Jesse's like, "Why did you do that?" And the cop is like, "It was an honest mistake, bro." And he's <laughs> like, what the fuck? And she slides the gun away, and it hits a counter and shoots somebody in the leg. Um, 
and then they try to give that guy money out of the bag in a die pack. Julia, you fucked me. Uh, so uh, they're leaving the bank, and a, another cop pulls up and is like, you know, get on the ground. And Jesse's like, you just brought a gun to a bomb fight, and shows the cop, and the cop's like, oh, I don't get paid enough. For I, this. Oh yeah, great uh, moment. Yeah, very real. Fuck that, you know. <laughs> Honestly, if I was a cop and somebody was like, I have a bomb strapped to my chest, I'm like, all right, dude, see you later. Leave. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I, I don't get paid enough to get blown up. Um, so. They go and they go to this meeting spot that Danny has decided. There they meet Chango, uh, played by Michael Pena. If you it, oh, and Michael, Michael Pena is an, uh, another one that people probably wouldn't recognize his name, but if they saw his face, because he was in like Avengers and shit like that, right? Uh, he was in Ant Man, and yeah, yeah. I think maybe this Cold War, but yeah, he, End of Watch too, dude. You know, end of Watch, yeah, what a rough yeah. movie to sit through. Woo! Um, but uh, so Chango is played by Michael, um. Chango shows up and he plays like your stereotypical like cholo gangsta like that's his yeah. that's his character. He shows up and uh, Jesse's like, "Here's the money. You got the code." And Michael's like, "What code? Like A B A B up down up down." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "They said you would you would have a code for the bomb." And he's like, "I don't have no code for a fucking bomb, dude." And <laughs> so Jesse ends up taking the money and like. Getting away from Chango and Chango calls Danny is like after a fight. Yeah, after a they fight, they kick like, each the, other's yeah, ass. They, yeah, yeah, they fight each other, and Chango calls Danny McBride and is like, "Hey, your boy just beat me up and took the money. <clears throat> um, this was not part of the plan." And Danny's like, "My bad, dog. Like, I'll get you your money." And Chango's like, "No, you just became the hit now. Like, we got problems." And Danny's like, "Oh shit." So um, I'm getting off track here. Hold on. Uh, so uh, so Nick ski- uh, Jesse skedaddles. Um, and then Chango breaks into Danny McBride's house to find out where he is, like information to find him. Where the major, he's met with the major, and uh, Chango's like, "Hey, old man, like I'll kill you. Get out of my way. You know, your son paid me to kill you." And Major's like, "Yeah, that sounds exactly like my son. Yeah, but you're not going anywhere." Has a fucking pin gun. A pin gun shoots Chango in the neck with a pin gun. Good shot. Yeah, very good shot. Yeah, because he's, right he's got it over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not actually aiming. It's just badass, right. yeah, dude. Super sick. He's and, been doing that for a while. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's been waiting right. for this moment. Practicing for the <laughs> pin gun. A man with a pin gun is a fool every day, but once. True. So, um, uh, Chango shoots Major in the chest, and. Um, you know, he's like, your son paid me to kill you. I don't know why you're protecting him. And the major's like, yeah, that sounds exactly like my boy. Uh, but Chango finds papers in Danny's desk that say plans, and they show, like, where he's at. And so... Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then we never see the major again. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't know what don't happens know what to happens him. To him. After, but yeah. apparently, as I said when I texted you, there's an alternate ending. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. So Chango shows up to the scrapyard that they're at while... Um, Jesse Eisenberg and Aziz are at the scrapyard as well. They meet up with Danny and Nick, and as Jesse walks out, he's like, um, he's like, you know, he's talking to Danny, and Danny has a gun, and he's like, well, what are you gonna do? Like, I've got a gun, and so Nick, I mean Jesse Eisenberg, I keep calling him Nick, has Aziz with a laser pointer in yeah. the back and acts like he's got like a sniper trained on him, and that he's gonna kill him if he doesn't get the code to the major, blah blah, blah or code to the bomb. Sorry, I was reading my notes. Uh, I got way, 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 way. Uh, so Chango ends up showing up and knocking Jesse out and tells Danny he's going to kill him, even though, you know, he has his money. But Nick Swartzen comes out of nowhere with a flamethrower flame and torches yeah. Chango to death. I like that um, moment when. 
they're like, put your flamethrower down. And he's like, it's like a backpack. Yeah, he's like attached to my backpack. Like, hey, I'll just like, really? lower it. And he's and like, all right. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, nice moment. <laughs> so, because uh, in the whole movie, you can tell that Nick is like a really good, pretty like, reasonable Nick dude. A yeah. re- reasonable person, a good guy. Like, he thinks that Danny is going to prematurely like kill Jesse, and he doesn't want Jesse to die during this, so he changes the code to the bomb. And uh, at one part in the movie, Danny tries to call and explode the bomb, and he gets like a movie a movie phone yeah, number. Yeah. Uh, and Nick's like, "I changed the code is in my head. I changed it so you could so you wouldn't kill him." And the code was like six nine six nine. That was the bomb code. Um, so basically, the movie ends with Jesse grabbing the money and taking off uh, with the Z's. And Danny gets in the van and starts chasing them and trying to run them off the road. They also kidnapped uh, Aziza's sister because Nick, uh, Jesse Eisenberg had went and saw her before they went and did this, even though he told Aziz he was yeah, going to yeah. so they kidnapped her. With a bomb on his yeah, chest. Yeah, with a bomb on his chest. Um, so in the end of the movie, um, they are trying to drive away. Jesse, Aziz, and his sister are trying to drive away while Danny is attacking them in his van and trying to run them off the road. But... Jesse has thrown the suicide vest in the back of Danny's van before they left, and yeah. it explodes. Um, apparently, there is a post credit scene that I did not know I about. I didn't watch it either. I didn't either. So in the post credit scene, um, Danny, who survived the explosion, uh, Nick Swartzen and the Major, uh, re- recuperate, the Major is recuperating in a wheelchair, uh, and Juicy are seen at their new business called Major Tan Tanning Salon, because... In the movie, oh, yeah. he wanted to open up a tanning yeah. salon slash brothel with the money he was going to get with his inheritance. So in the post credit scene, it's, like I said, Danny McBride, Nick Swartzen, The Major, and Juicy, and they're all, like, in an advertisement for that tanning salon. So they're just cool now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, apparently... Wait, Juicy the... Yeah, the di- the dancer. Oh. Because uh, Chango died. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. she was, like, with Chango, and she was just using Danny for his money. What the fuck? Uh, apparently there's an alternate ending I didn't know about either. In the alternate ending, Nick... Um, so Jesse Eisenberg, Aziz, why do I keep using their character names? I'm stupid. (laughs) So Jesse Eisenberg, uh, Aziz and Aziz's sister, Kate in the movie, they drive off with the money discussing what they'll do with their newly gained riches. Meanwhile, Danny survives the explosion. Annoyed with his plan's failure, he goes to see if, uh, Chango successfully killed his father. Danny finds his dad on the floor, suffering from his gunshot wound, and tells him the tanning salon slash brothel idea. His father is excited and tells his son son he's proud of him. The final scene is at the Four Seasons in Atlanta because, remember, Aziza's sister got a job as oh, a hotel yeah, manager yeah. at the Four Seasons um, where Kate, Aziza's sister, is managing the special events program. She joins Jesse and Aziz, who are chilling out by the pool, enjoying their new lives, and the late Chango has been blamed for the bank robbery. Oh, so that's the that's the uh, all a nice ending. Yeah, that's all good ending. So obviously, oh man, this is a comedy about a fucking crime that actually happened. Of course, it didn't happen like that, but this crime is a real thing. But des- it is, despite the similarities in the case, Sony Pictures uh, said the filmmakers and the cast had no prior knowledge of the incident, <laughs> while the screenwriters were vaguely familiar uh, in quotes with it. Nevertheless, the film drew criticism from uh, Gene Hyde. Well, uh, the the guy who it actually happened to, his sister, and Jerry Clark, who was a former FBI agent who witnessed yeah. Wells fucking die yeah. on the scene. Um, so, ob- like, 
I don't understand. I don't know, man. Dude, I don't know what happened. When like, you, you got to say, well, because it's my turn to tell you what happened. And when you hear what happened, you're going to be like, they, they knew. Yeah, they, they absolutely <laughs> There is knew. no way they didn't. And uh, it. I think now, I forgot to mention this, the ratings, the bad ratings, they got to be partially because they made a movie about yeah. a, like a horrific crime. Yeah, it, it's an incredibly sad case. It's like, I'm trying to think... Uh, What's a decent example? I don't know. I mean, it'd just be like if you made a comedy about, like, the Boston bombing. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's like, like, really... what the fuck are you doing? Out of taste. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I prepped for this episode by watching a fucking three-and-a-half-hour documentary <laughs> on Netflix about this. It was, like, a four-part <laughs> series. Uh, they made it into an 82-minute movie. Jesus Christ. So uh, they do cut a little bit of the complexity out. And the FBI said that, sorry, um, this was one of the most complicated and bizarre crimes in the annals of the FBI. So, like, this is, it is so weird. Yeah. It's all really weird. And the problem with me telling it to you guys is I don't want to do the order that they did on the documentary because otherwise I'm just rehashing it anyway. Yeah. But also because they, they really stretch it out and it's like, oh, what happens for a while? So I'm going to try to tell it in a decent order. But um, I thought it was interesting that the FBI's had a case. They've had tons of cases where someone robbed a place and they're like, I have a bomb, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only like 10 to 15 people have ever had a bomb. Yeah. And this was the only one <laughs> where the bomb was real and activated. <laughs> and they, so they were like yeah, blown like, oh, away. Fuck. They're like, holy <laughs> shit. Um, then there was, this was, the FBI was involved, the Pennsylvania State Police, because it was in Pennsylvania, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the ATF got involved, because they have to shove their rat little noses in, in anything they fucking dude, can. Yeah. The whole documentary, you can tell, like, it's always, so it was led by the FBI, because they have a little pissing contest about who's in charge yeah, of it, right? of course. Classic. They did the same and, thing with the Olympic Park bomb. Yeah. The FBI yes. and the ATF were going head to head to and, see, trying but to But what's funny out. is the police were like, no, this is us. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the FBI's like, honey. Yeah, the police. It's the, not. Let the alphabet <laughs> yeah. boys deal with this, and you and go then, play with your mega blocks. You'll find out why the ATF said they were involved. I'll get to that. But uh, the whole movie or documentary, you could see the FBI, like, doing press conferences and interviews and stuff, and then the ATF guy just standing in the back. <laughs> He's just kind of there. He's like, yeah, we're involved. Um, so, okay, it's August 28th. The man who had this bomb strapped to him that the movie is about is called Brian Wells, and he did, in fact, rob a bank with a bomb strapped to his chest. That's real. Uh, and he did work at a pizzeria. He delivered pizza to an address that was, like, a few miles from the place, and uh, he was arrested at gunpoint by three people who locked the bomb to him and forced him to rob a bank. He was forced to rob a bank by giving instructions. He was given instructions. And they gave him also a homemade cane shotgun. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. It's like, it, it's a, like a, it looks like a comic cane because yeah. it's so thick and like tall. But it is a working uh, shotgun. And what was really funny was the ATF was like, when we have determined that the weapon was functional. I was like, you guys shot that yeah. shit <laughs> immediately. Yeah, they were sure. like, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, and that's why the ATF said they were involved because one guy had a stupid homemade gun yeah. that no didn't have anything to do with anything. 90% of crimes are, I mean, not 90, but a good percentage of crimes are committed with guns and the ATF doesn't get involved. No, in but they're like, this one's homemade, so it's extra dangerous. Yeah, which is weird because it was a silly one-shot gun. I feel like every time a fucking bomb is 
in a crime that the ATF gets involved. And I was like, that's not, you're not, that's not alcohol. That's not tobacco. That's no, not firearms. No, it isn't. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's a classic fucking ATF. Um, so he was given nine pages of handwritten instructions, packed to the margins. Jesus Christ. Dude. They are uh, traced over type text so that the handwriting cannot be detected. And they are addressed to bomb hostage. There was complex instructions with time tasks and a scavenger hunt. Oh, my God. That would give him more time at first <clears throat> if he found one of the keys because there were four keys he needed. And uh, eventually he would unlock it. They said he'd be under surveillance the whole way. Underneath it says, act now, think later, or you will die. And I'm like, okay, so you give me like an hour, right? Yeah. This is nine pages. Yeah. I'm a really fast reader, and I'm going to take like ten yeah. minutes at least <laughs> To get through all that. And, like, these are instructions for my life, so I, like, really got to yeah, read these I'm not going to sit here and just skim over these. They like, made, like, there were diagrams and, like, little maps and everything, like, two-scale no, yeah. maps. And uh, they also included a note that he would hand to the bank teller that was, like, already pre-made. Okay. Um, But the instructions were weird because they the instructions were such that he robs the bank... And then does the scavenger hunt. And what? the scavenger hunt basically takes them, like, around the bank. So it's like, rob a bank with a bomb on your chest. Yeah. And then drive then around, around town. around the bank. Yeah. Drive around town. Well, not, no, not around the bank, yeah. yeah but, but still, drive around, like, yeah. after you're done robbing this bank and police will be in hot pursuit, you need to drive around. I feel like that's backwards. You should have done no. scavenger hunt yeah. before. Yes. And then, yeah. But also, it's harder to make someone rob the bo- bank if the bomb doesn't explode. Yeah, So they need them. Yeah. yeah, so... Uh, interesting detail about this that matters. Brian Wells had, like, a local reputation for being, like, a scavenger hunt aficionado. Oh, really? And he did, like, newspaper scavenger hunts and, like, tried to find them and, like, had had some success with them. So that's an interesting detail because it comes up. Uh, the FBI drove the path in the scavenger hunt and went to the places that they did and, like, you know, included time for looking for the stuff like he had to. And they concluded that it was impossible to have done it in the time he was given. What? So he would have died. Damn. So the, the, that changes the nature of the case because a lot of the concern is who did this to him yeah. and did he do it? Yeah. And uh, the – or, like, was he a part of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And – because the case, or like he was doomed to die, like he, he didn't have a chance. They're was, like, this is a murder yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't be a part yeah, of it. If he's he a knew, murder. He wouldn't be able to survive it. You would think that, but the FBI had suspicion, and I'll get to that. <laughs> so the the bomb strapped to him wasn't a vest like they made yeah, in it the was uh, movie. movie. It was like basically a, a giant handcuff link yeah. that they put around his neck, and then it strapped to like a square that was on his like collarbone down to his like stomach. Thinking about it makes me incredibly like uneasy dude with like because i've looked at like i've i've known about this case for a while obviously but like looking at pictures of him like walking around the bank with the security cameras like it's heartbreaking it's like this dude is like like what would you do in that scenario so i'll get to that so he's got the bomb on it. it's got four locks it has two kitchen timers hooked up to two bombs but it was also packed with a bunch of red herrings for if bomb crews showed up like it had a phone wired to look like it had something to do with something but it didn't it didn't do anything so the bomb was actually just on a timer it wasn't on a phone call Mm -hmm. there was a phone on the bomb yeah uh the bottom of the bomb was just a big square portion and they had scored it to fragment like a grenade when it exploded but they didn't score it deep enough so it just blew a giant hole in his chest and they said the hole was eight by ten by one inch deep so like basically a piece of paper sized hole one inch deep in your 
Yeah. Fuck, bro. Isn't that a lot of God, your body? I, I hope he died instantly. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay. So uh, he, the bomb does explode. So yeah, we already yeah, knew that. that, that happens, and we knew yeah. that. So uh, he goes to the bank. He gets in line at first and uh, like waits for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. He's like, oh, shit, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs a lollipop. Yeah. He sucks on it. He's like being pretty casual. He's honestly being kind of weird. He's yeah. like strutting around the bank footage of him and like makes him look really I mean, chill. What do you, honestly, it's like, what are you doing this? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I would be like, okay, everybody get the fuck on the ground. Uh, I don't. So but then he also, had instructions like, about what he was supposed to do. Yeah. And he gives him the pre-made note. The note doesn't give the woman time enough to actually get to the vault like she should. So she he gets $8,700. Okay. That's yeah. instead of the... Yeah, two, in case you didn't know, never rob a bank. They're not worth it anymore. Like, you, Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not I was going to ask you, what would you think... Like, if you had to come up with a hundred grand like that, what would you have done? I don't know. Because I don't think I'd fuck with no, the bank. Yeah, because banks, one, they're not going to carry that much in the tills, and two, like... There's if so you, much risk. If you have to go to the vault nine times out of ten, you're not going to you're not going to make it out of there. Like no. you're, you're like you're gonna get a die pack. You're gonna get some kind yeah. of tracker on you. Like yeah. it's or the police will show up yeah. immediately. Yeah. Silent alarm. There's a million things. Yeah, I, like robbing a bank is not. I, worth I don't the know. Time. I think I'd hit like a pawn shop or something. Yeah, or, or a cash is heavy. You would, you would have. You would not find a hundred grand in. one. You have to hit a bunch of places. You have to hit a number yeah. of places. That'd be yeah. kind of a fun movie too. If you yeah. just had to run a shitload of places all at once. Uh, so yeah, he gets eighty seven hundred dollars. The FBI goons think because of how casual this dude was was. That he was in on it. They're like, he'd never eat a lollipop yeah. if he was in it. And I was like, oh, okay. You don't know shock. I'm not buddy. sure yeah. I understand the, your logic with that. <laughs> the FBI makes a lot of confident assertions in this documentary that seem completely the opposite of reality. So that's uh, always comforting. I feel comforting. like any investigation, like big investigation that the FBI is in, they're like, wrong. just fumbling. They, so like the wrong. Oli- have you watched the Olympic Park bombing mockumentary on Netflix? It's uh, called Manhunt. No. The first season they did the Unabomber. Yeah, I, think. I did the Manhunt. Yeah. So the second that's season, not what a mockumentary is, uh, but whatever. Yeah. It's the Olympic Park bombing, and the whole time the FBI is dead fucking wrong. Yeah, and the ATF is like, "Hey, bud, this is not how this is like the directional yeah. plate under that bomb is not how this is working." The FBI is like, "Fuck you, <laughs> ATF." Dude, they always do things like they they say things like, "Uh, if they were on drugs, why would they do this?" Yeah, and, and you're like, "Bro, you know." <laughs> Says someone who's never done drugs in he's their entire square life. motherfucker. Yeah. I have no idea. He's like, how could he drive a car if he was high? Yeah. Like, he smoked what? a single joint. There's no way he'd be able to operate yeah. that machinery. <laughs> Fuck out of here, dude. You're like fucking FBI. <laughs> um, so after about 15 minutes, he gets out of the bank, g- goes pretty smooth. Uh, he did get to the first part of the treasure hunt. And uh, he's going to the second when the police find him standing outside of his car and they arrest him. And they, uh, they pull up on him. And they're like, you're gay on your ground. And he's like, I have a bomb on me. And they're yeah. like, oh, uh, uh. and then he pulls up his shirt and they're like, oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> and they have dash cam footage of the cop being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I do think like that. It's so imposing yeah. like, to see something like you're like, oh, oh it's shit. Not, like, because like, a bomb is not something that someone's. I think ninety. I want to. I will confidently say that ninety-eight percent of humans will never go in their entire life with, with being seeing, near a bomb, seeing, being near yeah. an active bomb. So it's like it's one of those things that like we haven't been through enough evolution to be designed no. to react. No, to that. <laughs> and if people, ha- it's like 
you know, if you're in the mindset where you're say you got a bomb and you're willing to show what you think looks like a bomb, I'm not going to sit yeah, there and I'm suss not, it yeah. out and be like, that's fake. Yeah. Those are road in flares. In all my bomb-making like, making degree, um, I'm not going to sit there and test if someone's got a real no, bomb. No, yeah. I've been to, like, bomb courses. Like, I've been to, like, you know, stuff like that where you can identify active uh, explosives, and I'm, I still wouldn't suss that out. No, no, no way. Fuck no. I would never trust it. I mean, yeah. and it was like, it was very well made. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they uh, surround him. He's sitting there and he's like, guys, let me get to my treasure hunt. I, I gotta do this. I yeah. can tell my notes. And uh, they're, no. And they're like, okay, the well, bomb squad's coming. Well, the problem is the dude was in the road when they arrested him. And they weren't going to move him. Yeah. Because he has a bomb and you could just, the dude's been running around all day. Yeah. And they're like, well, it could have just exploded from jostling him. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So he has to sit in the street. They shut the street down. Now they start a traffic jam. Now bomb squad's stuck in the traffic jam. They're 30 minutes out. He's got a time bomb on his neck. He's not about it. Everything about this case pisses me dude, off. Dude, so uh, they're, he's like, please, like, oh my God, guys, uncuff me, take me there. Like, we got to do this. I don't, I'm running out of time. Yeah, like, I'm going to die if you don't. And uh, he says three black guys uh, grabbed him and put the bomb on him. That's what he said happened. And they're like, okay. And there's actually an investigation <clears throat> part later where they have this, like, black, and uh, a detective who was a part of the agency at the yeah. time, and he was like, "You know, there's no black yeah, people like, involved." No, yeah, like, just, <laughs> he's like, "I hate here." Classic, that. classic racist dude. Like, uh, three black guys did it, and then as if you say that, and the cops are just gonna be like, "Oh, okay, yeah. oh shit, let's get yeah, you going let's then. Go, let's let's wrap so, up all the black people in town." Um, yeah. So. The and now this thing's like a big deal. Like he's on camera; they're recording this whole thing. Like the TV cameras yeah. are. Um, and it starts beeping. And you can see him, like, change in a moment. Like, he is going from, like, you know, come on, guys, let's get this moving to, like, oh, fuck. I'm, like, going through this in in my head, and I'm getting, like, anxious. Dude, I'm getting, like, incredibly anxious. It beeps for a bit, too. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God, like, you got to do something about it. Like, please, anything. And uh, no one does anything. I think at that point, I would take my chances running off and getting shot. I I don't think anybody would shoot at you. I I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody would shoot. But at the same time... You know, if this is beeping, you can't, you don't assume that you have a lot of time I left. I also wonder if he thinks that, like, you know, if he's not running because he thinks they're going to help, or if he's, like, worried about being shot. I, I would imagine like, with a bomb He has chest. to drive around, so it's like, they're not oh, going to let him get move. in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he can't he, move. Yeah, and they did handcuff him, too, which I was like, come on. So. Oh, this is incredibly frustrating. I know. Everything and about this is so frustrating. So, it's beeping me. on camera, yeah. on fucking live news, this dude explodes. Like, a bomb fucking bl- blows up. And it looks like. It, they show it in the documentary, and it kind of looks like at first that his, like, head got blown off. Oh, like, my God. Just because of, like, how much force, like, blasts through his neck. Like, you can see him, like, come to pieces. It's brutal. I can't watch that. Brutal. I cannot watch he that fall, He falls on his back and does not die immediately. Fuck! He oh! bleeds out, uh, you know, pain, struggling to breathe with a bomb, and they you... refuse. The police do not administer care. No one gets closer to him. They Fuck refuse. every single person that is... He bleeds to death on the street in front of them. Fuck every cop that was No one tried to do a single thing Fuck for him. Fuck every single person involved in that. I don't give a shit. Like, it's the same thing... I, dude, I was furious. I, it's the same thing with... Uh, so, I told you I just covered the Columbine shooting. Yeah. That the, the shooting started at, like, 11... Like thirty or eleven nineteen, yeah. they started shooting up the school. Police did not enter the building until noon to between noon and two p.m. It's like, and there were police on scene 
that were shooting at the, the, the Columbine shooters outside the school, but they did not go in to stop them. And it's Here's, like, that is your job. Bro. What is your job if to not run into the face of danger? And it's like, sw- I know. SWAT showed up, and it's like, you have a special weapons and tactic teams for a fucking reason. I don't care. They're like, but we might get <clears throat> shot at yeah. by children. That's your job. <laughs> like, they're children. I don't, I don't want to sit there. And I, I'm not trying to. I don't. Don't email us and be like, well, you don't know what them blah, blah, blah. blah Shut blah, up. Whatever. If it was they let my children jo- die. If it was my job to run into the face of danger, that is literally a police officer's you know, job. And we'll not get too deep into it, but like allowing teachers, if they wanted to defend themselves, sounds like it would make sense. Cause I'm like, do you want to wait for the cops? Yeah. Cause they don't come in. We've yeah. seen this several times. Yeah, they it, don't it, fucking the, come in. And there were literally teachers that were unarmed putting students to Horrible. keep them safe all over the place. Yeah. And these cops are like, well, we have our M4s, but I don't want to, I don't want to go in there. F- dude. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they don't, that, that this, after the me. bomb explodes, they don't do anything for him and he bleeds to death and he dies. They want to preserve <clears throat> the bomb for evidence. And it's handcuffed around his neck. What so about the human that they was chopped that- his head off? They cut his head off. To, uh, the The family was not happy I, yeah. about his head yeah. being chopped now off. Now that I know this was made into a movie, I would... Uh, oh, I would, yeah. <laughs> I would see why they're upset. That's how that ends for Brian Wells. I'm getting hot, dude. I'm getting real <laughs> heated right now. I'm getting real angry. <laughs> like, I am extremely they, you know, angry. And they have a whole sad thing. Like, <laughs> oh, we couldn't do an open casket funeral. I don't really care. We've talked about them the death season. Yeah, yeah. Funerals, whatever. But yeah, funerals are overrated. I'm like, cremate his body anyway. And I'm like, you want to see him after he got obliterated yeah. like that? Like, you, what do you think they're going to put together? It'd be horrible. Dude, I'm like just thinking of like the one reoccurring thought in my head is like how he felt. Uh, this is what sucks. Getting, it's the beeping <clears throat> that gets me. Yeah, it's, That's all it, I think what, about. What sucks getting older is that I'm just getting raw dogged by empathy at all times. It's the worst. Um, and so I think about like how other people felt in these situations now. And like thinking about him being surrounded by people that are supposed to help you while a fucking bomb is beeping in your ear that's strapped to your chest, and the fact that it doesn't go off how it's supposed to and just blows a sheet of paper-sized hole in your chest and you have to sit there, I would kill myself. Actually, I, I would it's use basically sh- a ream of paper yeah. being taken out of your front of your I, Yeah, I would use the, the cane shotgun and blow my brains out. You know, that's it's like, you see it all the time in movies now. People don't even bother to be like, oh, we should call the police. They're like, what? The police aren't going to help yeah, us. They'll yeah, fuck real, us, yeah. you know? And it's true. They don't do anything. It makes me so mad. I was furious watching this. I was like, <clears throat> you guys are fucking awful. I would like to think that, you know, in this day and age, what, what, what year did this happen? 2003. Oh, okay. So, like, not as long as I thought, but still a ways away. But but so, <laughs> that's why it was a really big deal, because it was a bomb thing in the U.S. Yeah. post 9-11, and, like, everyone was super on edge. I got to say, though, if you don't know what to do, you're like, this guy's got a bomb. And he's like, help me. And I'm like, I don't know anything about bombs, man. Yeah. I'm like, I can't help you take the bomb off. I don't want to drive you around because the bomb could blow up while we're in the fucking car. I yeah. don't want to do that. And to sit there and not know what to do and maybe want to do. And then the bomb explodes and you have to, like, be there and <laughs> see a man die like that. Like, that's awful. That's traumatizing. That's yeah. awful. You know, and, and I, I feel for people in that situation. But, a, like, no one listened to him. And that's yeah. what made me really frustrated. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, like, you maybe, know, put him in the back of a flatbed, <laughs> pile up a bunch of Kevlars behind your neck, yeah. and, and <laughs> hunch down yeah. and get booking, you know. Fucking go. Help this dude. So... He dies. That's August 28th. Um, August 31st, Robert Panetti, another pizza delivery guy at the same place, dies. 
of a, a parent drug overdose. It's a little weird. Yeah. But he dies. Uh, <clears throat> the authorities don't think it has anything to do with anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> so, Another guy in the same pizza so spot? Like, I'm getting loud. The, yeah. the police. The board, the board literally just cut me off. It they're was like, like, you're getting way stop. too loud. <laughs> uh, the, the police, and I kind of get a little fuzzy, but there was the police, the ATF, the FBI. The police and the FBI were like, Ooh, that yeah. seems weird. The yeah. ATF's like, nah. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> ah! So so that's weird. But, oh, you know, my God. that's all there is to it. Then September 20th, we're three weeks after this case, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any leads. All The only piece of physical evidence that anybody has right now is the bomb because they so carefully chopped that man's head off. Dude, they have the cop, to, like, tell, mm. so everyone who was in this is retired. That's the only reason they would talk about it. Yeah. Um, and they had that one of the cops who was, like, there, and he was, like, they do it, and he, like, stops. It's just, it's, it's. They do it carefully. And I was like, oh, my God. Jeez. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, God, dude, this, like... It's horrible. This, like, makes So, me... they have the bomb. They have the... They do find the notes in his jacket because okay. they are not exploded yeah. from him. Um, They they go to the hunt. They find a location where they think he was abducted. They see... They find his car tracks, and they find what looks like a scuffle okay. in the gravel. Because yeah, it's yeah, gravel. Yeah. So... Uh, and that's pretty much all they have right now. Jesus. Like, not fucking much evidence at all. No leads. September 20th, this guy, Bill Rothstein, calls, who lives in a home just down the street from the delivery, like, less than a half mile away. He's friends with one of the police officers <clears throat> in this documentary. He calls the police and says, James Roden, the husband of Marjorie Deal Taylor, is dead, killed by a shotgun, and in his freezer... And he says that Marjorie Deal Armstrong killed him and that he was afraid of his for his life and that they needed to come and get him. So they go and search the house. They find the corpse. It's been, it's in a freezer. The house, for just details, is a hoarder's nightmare okay. and literally packed <clears throat> top to bottom with everything, like everything. The, the woman was actually fairly wealthy, and she had, like, hundreds of pounds of government cheese in her house, like, rotting, oh, okay, obviously. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, she's just a, a hoarder. Okay. Um... They also find a suicide note from Bill Rothstein, and, and he it said that he tried he was going to kill himself, and he said that he tried to hurt himself. They don't really find any evidence of him having hurt himself. Yeah, he doesn't look like he did. They said, also, he said he cut himself, but he doesn't have any cuts. He's also in a freezer, so no, no. The the suicide was from Bill Rothstein. The guy oh, the guy calls. that called. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> That's what I thought. I, was I like, killed myself. He's in a freezer. <laughs> no. So, but the first thing that the suicide note by Bill Rothstein, the man who called, says, this has nothing to do with the Wells case. And then it has a suicide note. Yeah, okay. So, okay. please tell me the cops are like, that's suspicious. They think it's a little sus, but his story seems credible. So, they're like, oh, you I'm know. I'm sorry. They're like, ah, you know. So, and the police do not tell the ATF and the FBI about that, that suicide note. They don't know about it for a long time because of the pissing contest. Yeah. So that's ever, amazing. This is our government money working together to yeah. solve his crimes, and, I, and, I, and of I, course, I, solve the crime after it's all dead yeah, and everyone's gone. You can't yeah. save anybody. It's so funny to me that the police are like, "This is our investigation, so we're gonna, we're gonna." As if the FBI and the ATF, the, you're talking about. We the want our good boy points. Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, God, dude, I I'm can. like, I can. Like, I think it's stupid to get like, oh, this is Maine. Yeah, and I'm like, you don't have the resources. It, it, Surely. You don't have the surely. Res- you don't have the resources. 
And not to mention you're maybe, I don't know, playing with people's lives here and you want to let your pissing contest pride get in the way because you don't want the government agency in charge of investigating yeah. crimes to help you. One of the most established and long-trusted and respected. Like, they ran counter-ops against Russian intelligence. And I, you're like, we got this. I just want to break things right now. So I'm that so comes angry. up a lot. Okay. So Marjorie... I'll tell you a couple of things. There's there's Bill and Rothstein, Bill Rothstein and Marjorie Deal Taylor, and James Roden. James Roden is the dead man in the freezer. It's her husband. Okay. Um, Marjorie was a straight A student as she was growing up. She gets a master's in education with counseling focus. A okay. Smart William, yeah. woman. Tons of testimony about how like captivating and beautiful and like charming she was. Like very very charming. Um, but she's actually killed a husband previously. Oh, okay, cool. She has killed a husband previously, shot him in his sleep six times with a revolver, and got away with it. Oh. She got off because he had been abusing her, and they said that Which, she thought it was life or death. You know, that kind yeah, of stuff like comes up. Thing, so okay. she uh, shoots him, and uh, she's actually has several husbands die in, uh, in her... I think my vapor. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, fuck. Uh, several husbands have died in her life. She, she has a quite a bit of money from insurance and stuff like that. And um, that's that's Marjorie Taylor. She's, so, she's also very mentally ill, and like her life kind of just spirals out. Like She okay. just kind of gets involved in drugs. She can't really keep a job. And she goes. she's seen like 30 <laughs> doctors, like fuckloads. So they've that- diagnosed her with... BPD, NPD, fucking bipolar, like everything. Was that husband actually abusing her? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe. I maybe. Well, you if know. he was, good for her. Yeah, for her. yeah, sure. <clears throat> Kinda, maybe. Who yeah. knows? So, um, she killed the husband with a shotgun, and Rothstein admitted that she paid him two thousand dollars to hide him. He claimed that he didn't want to do this, so he like delays and puts it off and puts them in a freezer and like just because he it's kind of flimsy but he says he just doesn't know what to do and he's like trying to build time and so he calls the police but you kind of get the idea that uh we'll we'll come back to that actually i want to tell it yeah so uh she pleads guilty that but mentally ill and gets seven to 20 years in prison rostein is investigated about the wells case and the james roden murder uh but cleared and they're like, all right, cool, nothing connecting you, you know, whatever, you're good to go. Bill Rothstein lives his life, dies of, uh, dies of cancer less than two years later. Dies of cancer. Uh, the FBI shows up on his deathbed, like, come on, man, tell us what is up. He yeah. does a big hand, writes it in the air because he can't speak. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fuck you, FBI. He yeah. dies. They don't tell anything. So Marjorie's in prison now. No one's in charge. No one is in trouble for the Wells case. No one is charged with it. No one thinks there's any connections. Brian Wells has been murdered and no one is charged for it and there's really no leads on the investigation at this point. Bill Rothstein is in, is dead. She's in jail. Uh so to give you some more backstory, Bar she Marjorie like never shuts the fuck up. She has this thing called what was it? Like forced or like something like incessant talking, like a medical diagnosis of she, she can't, can't shut the talking. fuck up. Like she blabber, 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 blabber. Like an absolute nightmare to be around. And, and while she's a suspect in the Wells case but not charged, this documentarian becomes friends with her and becomes one of the sole people to t- talk to her over the course of her life for the rest of this okay. thing. And uh, so he gets a lot of good inside info. Um, Marjorie is such a fucking blabbermouth that there is a long record of her uh, cellmates talking to the police and the FBI 
because she blabbers so much shit they're, to them just, all the time. They're just like, she just keeps talking to us, bro. I don't, know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> one woman wrote notes of how much shit she was saying no and turned this in. And so to cut through a lot of the convoluted bullshit, yeah. Marjorie blabs her mouth more and more over the years, and it gets put together that she need she had a father who won a lottery and had a lot of money, I but he was, was a real part of spending story. a lot of money and giving it away, and she was worried about her inheritance. She was going to pay a man $250,000 to kill him. So she wanted the bomb heist to rob the bank to get the money to pay the guy to die. And then uh, she also was, like, on her dad's will and stuff, so yeah. she'd get all the money yeah, if he died. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was her plan. And you... Kind of get the impression that Bill Rothstein had a bigger hand in all of this yeah. than you know, but they're the only people to say anything really about that are Marjorie, and then there's uh, we find out eventually that there's some other people involved. There's a man who lived in their house who probably helped with it, named Floyd Stockton. He's uh, they. It's nice because they they say that he had been wanted for a rape charge, and then later in the documentary they're like in prison for his rape charge. Oh, I was like, nice. yes, yes, God is ass. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, he, uh, let's see, let me make sure I got all this. I'm gonna, I got, I was kind of going off of dome and now I need to look yeah, back on my notes. I didn't notes. know that the inheritance part of the movie was real. I didn't know. I thought that so, was just a and filler. And to me at that moment, so, I was like, you fuckers. So, so yeah, <laughs> immediately when you said that, I was like, so when the, the writer's like, we kind of heard about the story. I was like, okay, listen, I can give you the benefit of the doubt and say, you heard a story about a guy who got a bomb shot to him and had to rob a bank, whatever. But now that I know that the inheritance part was actually part of the, the whole heist thing, there's not a single doubt in my mind no. that they took the entire— It's impossible. It, literally, the, it, that's not coincidence. So, Fuck and, you, and, Sony. Oh, it's Dude, dirty. Yeah. That's, and, you know, because I, you know, I was like, you should try to find out what info you could about the movie. And I was like, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to talk about this movie. Yeah, no, I think don't. Jesse Eisenberg, Aziz Ansari are like, ooh, that was if not If I ever PC. get to meet— Jesse Eisenberg. Tell me about you. You're in that movie. I'm going to ask him. I was like, why did you take this movie, Jesse? Like, I need to know. I don't have any. If you, if for some reason this gets to Jesse Eisenberg, I love you as an actor, and I think you're amazing. Is he the same? This was the year after Social Network came out. Yeah. So Jesse Eisenberg was famous as all hell, and And he did this with everybody in this movie. Love him to death. But why? Why did you? Why did? Were you under contract? Did you have to do this? Actually, Nick Swartzen, we understand. Yeah. We know why you're. We know exactly why you. You don't have any money. Still not that talented. I love you, Nick, but, yeah, uh, but you got to uh, do what you got to do. Yeah, got to do what you got to do. So, okay. So, I and the story is all over the place. It's kind of told backwards, and it's hard to, like, connect everybody. But Brian Wells also liked to visit prostitutes. You know, whatever. It'd be like that. That, that happens. You know, sex workers, whatever. Ladies no, of no, the evening. Nothing wrong with that yeah, at all. Do your thing. He would... Stimulating the economy. Go, he would go over to his buddy Kenneth Barnes' place, uh, hook up with his prostitute, Sex worker. Sex I'm sorry. Worker, yeah. She keeps saying that. Sex yeah. worker. And um, he pays her the money like any good man. Yeah. And then that woman would go to Kenneth Barnes in the same home and buy his crack cocaine and then do the crack cocaine and get high. Okay. And uh, Kenneth Barnes is – let me see. I got this right here. Um, CIA. He – so, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of flimsy witness stuff about how Brian Wells – possibly went to a meeting beforehand and they think that he knew that this was going to happen and and the testimony sort of grows to what they think is he got the bomb put on him and he didn't think it was real 
and and they think that up until like and so he didn't know he was going to die yeah. but he might have been in on the robbery so they think so essentially what they think they, is that and they think that because hold on that um Kenneth Barnes told about this prostitute that was friends with Brian, uh, Brian Wells okay. like cuz he would always go and see her like okay. she was her she, favorite yeah, yeah, yeah she was approached by Marjorie Deal Armstrong to find a pushover for a robbery and the woman feels really bad about it she was high on crack a lot, a lot of the time, and she picked uh, Brian Wells to do it. Damn. And your bet, your best customer, she, you really so, fucked him over like that. I know. Damn. I, I know. <laughs> it, it's sad. And uh, honestly, the woman took a risk admitting she she the she tells the documentarian before anyone else okay. years years okay. later, and. She ran the risk of receiving charges just for admitting what she yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. But they went out of their way to like try to contact everybody. Like, would you guys push this? And yeah. everyone's like, it's over. Yeah, you know, you like, we're not gonna pursue. Yeah, whatever. Her, so, yeah. um, she says that she put up uh Brian Wells. So Damn, that's dude. one of the big things about like this case is. It's like how much did Brian Wells know? And yeah. I just I really don't believe he knew I at could, all. So I I could see. Because essentially what they're saying is that he was in on the robbery and they were like, hey, we're going to strap this fake bomb to you. You're going to go rob a bank and get our money. Whenever you get arrested, act, you just act like you had no clue. Like, you don't know us. You just got a bomb strapped. You were told to go rob a bank uh, and we'll give you a cut of the money or something like that. I could see that. Do I think that is yeah. that that's what happened? No, because why if, you know, they strapped this unless they were like, oh, we're going to put this fake bomb on you. And they put it on him. He's like, all right, I'm going to grab this bank. They're like, oh, wait, here's nine pages of notes so you don't die. Have fun. Then he's like, oh, shit, like this is a real you know, bomb. That's kind of what I wondered. Yeah, that's what and I And I wondered if for a lot, because there were signs that there was a struggle and then eventually comes out uh, through, here, yeah, Stockton, another guy that I'll get to, yeah. that there was a struggle and they fire a shot. So they okay. force him into the thing. Okay, so, okay. so no, that then that... But a big thing that comes up and that gets uh, Marjorie in trouble and that they eventually prosecute her for is she tells one of them that she... She tells one of her cellmates that they measured Brian Wells' neck for this thing. So, so that, we don't know if that's true, but she ends up getting charged for it. And there's there's another guy involved, Kenneth Barnes. Yeah. He also gets charged because he was a part of this and, and like, muscles him, tries to do it, yeah, says he yeah, feels yeah. bad about it. But what's funny about Kenneth Barnes, and a little sad, is he got 45 years in prison, and so did Marjorie Deal. Yeah. And he does not give a shit. He, he it was a really sick dude. He was very addicted to drugs. Yeah. And he was like, I like prison. He's like, I have a warm bed. I get fed. I can't get high. Like, I don't want to get out of prison. And he won't tell the prosecutor shit. He won't. <laughs> he's like, nah. He's like, I'm good here, dog. Like, yeah, he's like, I, he didn't want out of prison, I mean, so they couldn't do anything yeah, yeah. to get him out. Th so That's super sad, though, too. Like, because I know. It is really I, that sad. That is, that's not, and like, that's not as uncommon as you would think. Like, I've, I've seen, like. Uh, misplaced people around towns that I like the town I grew up in that will just go to prison or go to jail like they'll get out of jail and they'll walk up to the corner store steal something and be like you can call the cops I'll wait here for them and so they can go back to jail so they can have a warm place yeah. to sleep three meals a day Sad. and it's fucking it's 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 heartbreaking so he won't tell them shit but he does tell them Floyd Stockton was involved, the rapist. Yeah. And Floyd tells them a lot more. He has a lot of info. Okay. He was a fishing buddy of Marjorie 
And that's how, yeah, I know. Really weird. weird she like yeah, loves yeah, fishing. Yeah. And he, I, I was like, that's kind of an interesting part yeah. of the thing. <laughs> and uh, he was in prison and, and he ends up testifying and getting full immunity for his involvement in this. Because he and Kenneth helped put yeah. this bomb on him. And um, he testified that Marjorie was the mastermind, and that's how they get the years. Um, she gets uh, put in prison and dies a few years later of cancer, and that's the end of her life. And so we never get a for sure thing on how much Bill Rothstein was involved because it seemed like a lot. Yeah. And But, you know, my impression of it from uh, what I was watching was because there was one part where he does the interview – with the police, like, early in, and he says, first thing I want you to know, I'm the smartest person in this room. And I was like, I've seen enough ma- mastermind yeah. to know that that dude probably did some of this. Yeah, yeah. I think what he did was make the bomb, because it was very well made, yeah. and he's a crafty dude. He had, yeah. had a lot of different jobs. He threw out all of his tools, so you can't find any of it. He traced all his notes, so you can't find any of that. And I think he just wanted to get something off to trick the police because yeah. he knew he was dying of cancer. It didn't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was kind of set up. Um, the, the eventually kind of figure out that the Roden being murdered was because they wanted him to drive for the heist and he wouldn't. And then she got word that he would tell, so she gats him, and yeah. that's and that's how he fucking dies. It's also dies. like, can you blame him? You don't want to drive the car with a guy that's uh, yeah. a bomb. Yeah, and there's also like a thing about how, uh, like. Rothstein and, and Armstrong have been, like, kind of an on-and-off uh, thing forever for years. Like, he kind of was obsessed with her, and she kind of knew it. Yeah. But he was also, like, a, a huge narcissist, so it's hard to control. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. he was, like, probably motivated for the, the husband to die, too. Yeah. And he just wanted to pull off this clever fucking thing and get away with it. And, uh, you know, he kind of did. He kind of did. That's fucking... He got away with it. That's insane. I, you know, I struggled to tell a story because it is really hard. It is. It's and, weird. And I remember, like I like I said, I knew bits and pieces about this case because I had looked it up. Like, when the Netflix documentary came out, it was a big thing. And then, like, I looked up a little bit and I watched, or I saw, like, pictures of Brian Wells with the bomb to his chest. And, like, it just, it is unsettling to me because it's like, you know, one, at first you think, you know, that could have been anybody, but as you get into the story, you're like, all right, there's reasons it was him. Like, there were, he wasn't just some guy off the street they found. He had connections. He did. To these people. He had weird connections. Yeah, um, but still, like, you know, what? what's going through your head as you're robbing a bank? You have a bomb strapped to you. Then the police stop you and won't let you go anywhere and you know you're going to die. That's horrible. Yeah, like, I can't. It's a brutal crime. Yeah, like, it is, it's you absolutely know, brutal. And ultimately... Whatever culpability Brian Wells had in it, it wasn't his. He didn't know he was going to die, and he didn't deserve to die. Like yeah, he, no, that absolutely. was so horrible. Yeah, that was. And I really feel for him, and I feel for the, like, you know, who the real victim of this whole thing was was that pizza parlor that lost yeah. all these employees yeah. like in two weeks. It's crazy. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going yeah, on? You might as well shut down at that <laughs> point, dude. No, I don't want to work for you. Like, how many people died last week? Too. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> no sir. No sir. That's insane. Yeah. Pretty wild fucking story. Yeah. And like, it, you know. Everybody in it is like a scummy piece of shit. Yeah, like yeah, like the scum. Marjorie of the Armstrong was a piece of shit. Bill Rothstein was a piece of shit. You know, Floyd Stockton, the rapist, obviously a piece of shit. And Ken- honestly, the guy I felt worse for was Kenneth Barnes because he like he got forty five years. Uh, Marjorie got 
Let me see. Wait, I'm pretty what sure. Did, what did Ke- Kenneth Barn got 45 years for his involvement? Yeah, because he was involved. He tried okay. to like he put the shit on him. And yeah, I was say I thought you. I, who was the rape case guy? Stockton. Stockton. He, okay, yeah. And he got immunity. F- yeah. yeah, for testifying, which kind of pisses me off. But fuck him. I mean, also, you know, Kenneth Barnes wouldn't do anything because. He was already in prison and yeah. just didn't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. What an unstoppable force For, a man yeah. like that is. They're like, well, fuck. Yeah, like, fuck you guys. What are you going to do? Put me in prison longer? Oh, they're like, like, we'll give you more food. Yeah, yeah. More, more canteens. Want some cigarettes? Like, yeah. yeah, so, uh, and it's just like, oh, and the one thing is like Marjorie Armstrong like did not feel bad. Like she calls Brian Wells like a piece of shit, like yeah. a scummy garbage person. Yeah. So like it seemed pretty obvious that they always had wanted him to die. Yeah, they, I, I think that was the plan. Was that he was because like that's kind of person. up in the air, and we never get a f- sure answer. But I think For the plan sure. was always he was a loose end. She didn't care about him. Kill him off. Um, Call it good. And I think she probably drove that more than Bill Rostin. Yeah, I think Rostin wanted to do the crime because it's tight. Honestly, yeah. he pulled off a crazy yeah, thing crazy o- over the FBI and unheard and the ATF and and the, they couldn't figure it, it was out. Unheard of. Like nobody had done this before. So I can understand his I guess appeal. I'm not saying that what he did was right. No. I'm just saying like I I understand. I yeah. yeah. And then Marjorie wanted the money. Yeah. And and was also just a piece of shit and yeah. just like probably was sick of her husband, probably wanted to get rid of that guy, yeah. the witness. It was just like I don't know. Everyone in it was so awful. I, just I was just like, I can't beings. believe these people. And like, the, and like it was kind of like how when you you see Tiger King and it like opens this lid to this world of like abominable yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. how is this fucking real? Yeah, and it's like one of those things. People are like, oh, you know, what if I end up in that position? It's like these aren't like relationships you make overnight. Like, nah, you, you're a rat, this is a like, lifetime. No, yeah, and that is yeah, part of it. Yeah, yeah it's a lifetime yeah. of this shit. Uh, yeah, you don't just end up. You know, but you got to be careful. You don't know if your crack that's, dealer that's all, yeah. or your sex worker might sell you out to get put bombs put a bomb on your, your chest. chest. Yeah, so, so be very careful. Be very careful. Uh, and wear a condom. If, <laughs> you're, if you're perusing through that there uh, that their world, um, be on your p's and q's. Yeah, and really. Around, like look out for yourself because that shit is scary, dude. That's super scary. scary. That's it took terrifying. us a while, but it wasn't that long. Yeah, no, an hour. That's I think that's a good a good spot. Where who are we gonna? What do we do next week? Pain uh, and gain. Pain and gain. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. That's a crazy <laughs> one. Yeah, we're gonna do pain and gain. For our next one, uh, I'm going to cover the movie part, and you're going to do the... I might still just watch the movie for funsies, because I, I love that movie. Oh, no, you should. I think Mark yeah. Wahlberg and, and uh, The Rock do great with each other. Who's the other guy? He He's in The Avengers, isn't he? Uh, uh, he's War Machine? Pain and Game? Oh, yeah, oh. the black dude. Wait, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, no. Don Cheadle is War Machine. Anthony Mackie's The uh, Falcon. I think. Is he? Yeah. Oh, it could be, yeah. yeah. Anthony Mackie. Yeah, and Tony Shalhoub. Anthony Mackie. I love Tony Shalhoub. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, he's in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the Falcon, yeah, the Winter yeah. Soldier. Uh, yeah, this is a good War. one. It's going to be a lot. It is, It's yeah. going to take you a lot of time. It's a long movie. It is a long movie. It's a long case, too. Anthony Mackie's such a handsome dude. Yeah. Something about his face, I don't know, man. It's like his eyes look too far apart, but they're like super perfect for his face. Yeah. Like, he's a real handsome guy. Um. So, but yeah, that's what we'll do. That's, that's what we're doing next, next episode, week. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, Shugs. Um, I'm really excited about this season. It's going to be a good one. Uh, if you don't already, follow me on my other social medias. You can do that at allmylinks.com slash official, or you do true crime and such on true crime, makeup, and mukbangs and vlogs on my YouTube channel. Um, and I stream on Twitch. I just got a new VR headset, so that's going to be oh, – yeah. that's going to create some fun content. But uh, – 
Be safe. Be kind to others. Most of all, be kind to yourself. We will see you again next week. Love you so much. Bye-bye.